Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Eves. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Heath, and thank you once again for tuning in as we become better habitat managers. If you're new to the podcast, this episode is what's called a game plan episode. We are trying to get you current information that's going on right now in the hunting season so we can take some tips and tricks, strategies, successful hunting information out and put it into your plan this coming week or weekend where hopefully you can be successful as well. So we're working fast throughout the season. We're trying to get these edited the night we record them, get them up right away. So that way we can learn and keep hunting and have success. Tonight we have Ethan Hoggard from Missouri. He killed a great buck this past weekend, so we're going to get him on right now. Talk about hunting a terrain feature called a saddle, uh, hunting between bedding and food. He actually almost got attacked by some coyotes. Uh, We talk about some historical property data, some hinge cutting, acorns, and a cold front. All this stuff went into play for Ethan to become successful on a nice Missouri buck. I'd also like to thank our sponsors real quick before we get into this episode. We have 5-2 Outdoors, Killer Food Plots, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, HuntWise, and Packer Max Cultipackers. Alright guys, this intro is going to be short and sweet. Let's get right into the game plan episode. Alright everybody, we're back with another game plan episode. I'm my trusty co-host Brian on the line, and our guest tonight. Ethan Hoggard from Missouri. How you doing tonight, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Good to be on. Having a good old time watching the storm. Oh, that ain't too bad. I mean, you already got a nice buck uh, over there in the freezer, so now you can just relax, right? Yeah, just be happy I'm not blood trailing one tonight. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, Brian and I are still yet to to put any antlers down. I know, Brian, you got that nice doe. How you doing over there in Ohio? Or, uh, PA tonight, Brian. Doing good, man. Just started packing the truck for Montana and try to get out of here on Thursday. Dang. Where are you going to Montana again? Uh, Big Timber, uh, Unit 570 for Pronghorn Antelope. Okay. And which part of the state is that at? 
South Central. Okay, and then, Ethan, where are you from, my man? I am located down in South Missouri near Popper Bluff, kind of. Okay. Right here on the edge of the Ozarks. Very nice, very nice. Have you watched that show on Netflix? Uh, no. The Oz- Ozarks? <laughs> Out here in the country, you don't have internet good enough to get Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry to tease you with it, then. It's a good show. But, uh, Is it? Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole. Uh, well, I wanted to get you on here. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, you ended up with a great hunt. Uh, what was it, this past weekend? Yeah, it was uh, Sunday morning, actually, capitalized. Had a good hunt Saturday morning and made some changes, slight changes, and then made it happen on Sunday. Okay, so that was two days ago. Um, we're trying to keep this as live as we can with all of our busy schedules, but if you don't mind, I'd like to maybe hear a little bit about you know, you, your your farm you're hunting on, some of the habitat stuff you do, you know, a little run down there, and then let's get right into your hunt and uh, go from there, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, got a 175-acre um, family farm here. Me, my wife, and my daughter, we live on one corner of it. And then down the road, my parents live on the other corner of it. So it's, uh, it's on a little river, and it's all pretty much – pretty big timber around here i'd say the farm is 95 percent timber so it's just got what i do have open is all food plot but uh okay going in you know the spring and summer working on food plots getting those in yeah you were nice enough to send uh, a bunch of pictures and stuff you've been working on this year what kind of plots do you plant this year yeah yeah i've got quite a Quite a few of them going this year. Uh, I put in less effort, but have more food plots going in, if that makes sense. I'm going kind of towards the no-till route. Good deal. Um, Just doing very minimal tilling. Basically, what kicked that off is I broke the tiller two years ago for the tractor. So (laughs) I've been too cheap to buy a new one, so it kind of just jump-started things. (laughs) Well, hey, man, if you're anything like the rest of us and – a lot of the listeners, you know, we're doing things with what we got, so that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and so far it's working. I mean, I, I got, I've got a lot of deer activity in it that I don't typically have. Really? Yeah. Usually I get a lot of nighttime movement, but here lately I've been having a lot of daytime movement in the field. So I think it's just because I haven't hunted it as hard as I typically have too. That has something to do with it. But okay, when I hunt it, I'm trying to hunt it a little smarter. Okay, so. This past weekend comes along, which was what, twelfth, thirteenth. Yeah. What uh? 13th, yeah. What made you say I'm gonna start hunting this real quick now? Well, what it is is usually I've got one spot on the farm that I call killing tree, saddle stand, whatever you want, whatever I call it that day of the week. Um, what it is is it's a great big saddle between two ridges. Um right on the back side of our farm. The neighbor's property has been logged kind of continuously off and on for as long as I know. You know, they'll go in and cut a couple trees, and then they'll then they'll uh, not cut some, and then they'll go in and cut a couple more. But anyway, so it's a good thicket, and it always has good bedding on it. And then my side of the farm, 
is big open hardwoods with a mix of hickories and oaks. So I just kind of set up right in the middle of that saddle over the years, and I've killed most of my good deer out of that spot. And I always wait for the first big cold front in October to okay. go in there. I never step foot in there until the first cold front. Now, for the listeners that may not know, can you explain what the saddle is between these two ridges? I think we might all yeah. know what a ridge is, but... Yeah. What it is is just kind of a low spot. It's a low crossing spot between two higher points. Um, just kind of think about a hammock almost. So your the sides where it's connected to the tree would be your top points of your ridges. When it sags down, if you crossed over the middle, that would be your saddle. And it's just an easier just spot a, for them to cross, easy, right? It's just an easier spot for the for the deer to cross, and they just naturally come across that point, across that area. Okay. And what, what I did this, uh, I did it this summer, actually, this early spring and very early summer. And actually, I was talking to you, I think, a lot whenever I did this, is I went in there, and it was so big and wide open, and as I was having the problem of, I would have a buck walk out, and he'd be on one end of that those woods, and when the leaves are gone, he could see 150 yards across those woods. So what I went in there and did is I, I hinge cut a bunch of the smaller trees. Like, I didn't want to drop any big ones. I basically, I'm just trying to block some view. So anything that was about the size of my leg or smaller, I tried going in and hinging over just to make a little bit of a maze through there. And then I would cut some pathways through those hinges and try to direct them best I could back by, by my stands. I've got four, four trees with three tree. No, I've got four. I've got four trees within 200 yards going along that saddle that have um, pegs in them. So I can hunt four different spots along that saddle depending on where I'm seeing them. Okay. I can make a move anytime I need to. So it's a pretty it's a pretty big saddle then. Yeah, it's probably I'm gonna say 200 yards long, 200 250 yards long from one end to the other. Okay, I got you. So yeah, that I mean for anybody who hunts any topography, rolling hills, foothills, you know, southern Ohio, that type of thing, that's the type of stuff you know we've always looked for. Hunt some of that public down there. That can be just a good terrain feature in general, right? Oh yeah, you've got you've got, and what it is, you've got a lot of edge right there because you I've got I've got the the new growth coming up with the hinge cuts. I had a lot of kind of viney stuff starting to grow in it. I don't know what it was. I'm I'm horrible with plant names, <laughs> but <laughs> it's growing up and they're eating on it. So I'm like, hey, whatever it is, it's deer food. Yes, and sir. And then I've got the thicket next door, and then I've got the big open hardwoods all around me. So, and then down below that. They come along, when they're coming up to that saddle, they're coming out of my food plots that are probably another 400 yards down the valley. Okay. So they're kind of working from the food plots back up into there to bed. Nice. The transition between bed and food. That sounds textbook. I love it. Yep. Get in there early before they come through. I was sitting in my tree both mornings between 4.30 and 5, and it wasn't getting light till 7. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Little John Eberhardt about action. A mile, yeah, it's about a mile and a quarter to mile and a half walk. Oh wow! The house to get back there. So. Okay, so tell us about those hunts that weekend. I know uh, you harvested on Sunday, but you said Saturday was a good hunt too. What was going on? Yeah, yes. Yeah, Saturday, I got up there and um, got up in early. I'm sitting as close to, as 
close as I felt comfortable getting to the neighbor's line. They don't hunt, but they they kind of understand I hunt up in that area. But I just don't like to impede. So I got as close as I could, 20, 30 yards. And, you know, no plans of shooting back that way, mainly because it's too thick, too. So I was facing my my property, and I go up, and I had a tree that was pegged up ready for a, a saddle to go up in. And so I had my, my manis, and I just climbed the tree, hung the platform, and got tucked in and got comfortable. And uh, just see what happened. Because, like I said, normally, first cold front, I start getting deer moved through through there, especially bucks. Um, it come, it was dead all morning. I say that. I had some coyotes charge up on me as I was getting ready to climb up the tree. That, uh, that'll shake you a little bit right before you go up. Oh, they were running for me. It was, it was creepy. I wish I'd have had a GoPro or something running. Because... <laughs> I had four coyotes charging at me, and I if I wouldn't have had my real bright flashlight and screamed like Rambo at them, I, they'd have hit me. No way. <laughs> yeah, they were. I heard them like 80 yards away, and so I'm trying to hurry up and get up my tree. You know how it is when you're in the dark and you get a little red light shining. It's kind of spooky. And so I, all of a sudden I hear, I hear leaves crunching, and then I hear leaves running, and I'm like, oh, crap. So I reached down and grabbed my big flashlight, and I hit it, and those suckers are four or five yards away running right at me. No way. Yeah, they're bad up here. We were turkey hunting last fall or last spring and almost in the exact same spot. Me and my buddy had one follow us all the way up the road. Jeez, man, if that's insane. If I'd have had my shotgun, I'd have lit him up, but we were both <laughs> hunting, so it was kind of difficult in the dark. <laughs> now, Ethan, but, when you talk about the uh, that spot being – historically good on cold fronts do you know that from observations or do you have uh historical camera data there or how'd you come up with that i very rarely hang cameras back there just because it's such a wide swath but i've always i've killed most of my bucks on the first good cold front back there in that area okay somewhere on that saddle i've killed three or four either close to Pope and Young or Pope and Young right at that area, eight, 12-pointer. I think I've killed two or three eights and then a 12-pointer back there. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's Nothing uh, huge, but for Missouri, they're they're good shooters all day long. Sure. Yeah, that's something that we've been talking to a lot of people about is how important the historical data is that we keep, whether it be uh, trail cameras or, in your case, not only personal observations, but harvest. That's That's been a big part of the success of people repeating things like that every year. Yeah, I think if I look back, I think I've killed all my bucks back there between the, well, now I can add 13th, between the 13th and 21st of October. Yeah. Usually when I'm tagged out in Missouri. Really? Wow. See, that's interesting because right now, you know, I think the Drury's just came out with, you know, the stage being October lull, and whether you believe in that or not, uh, to Brian's point, I, with your historical data, I mean, I'm going to bring my daughter out tomorrow night in our blind, and a year ago tomorrow, I had a shoot, my, the, the first shooter of the year walked right down the edge of my plot. So I know that, you know, it might be the middle of October, it might be the quote-unquote lull, if you believe in that, but... I'm going to be in the stand tomorrow based on historical data, Brian. Thanks for bringing that up. It's a great point. For me on my farm, October is my best month for deer movement, period. Okay. 
like November, it starts going down by the time rifle season gets here, second or third weekend. If for some reason on my farm, I won't have a buck show up until mid-September, and then they will disappear by Thanksgiving usually. So you don't get good summer pictures or anything like that? Do what now? You don't get a bunch of summer pictures or anything like that? Nope. I won't have a single summer picture. Mine's the same way, dude. I'm the same way. Not one. Not one buck. Occasionally I will get a little one-year-old that's hanging out with mom still and stuff. Velvet little, I don't know, 30 or 40-inch little basket rack something. But as far as mature deer or anything like that, I I don't get a picture until mid to end of September. Which is kind of... It kind of sucks because, you know, you're jonesing so bad to get some nice pictures and deer season's a couple months away and the whole thing. But at the same time, it's like... It's kind of a blessing because I can do anything I want in the off-season out here to make it better. Right, anything. And I'm not jacking with them. I totally agree. I see it that way, too. Plus, if they're going to be on your property, I want them during hunting season, if anything. So Yeah. Yeah, that's a big Jeff Sturgis thing. He's like, it doesn't matter what they're doing the rest of the year. You know, get them on when it's time to hunt. I love it, man. I uh, I think, like like Brian said, and, and like you've already noticed, trying to keep our information as current as possible. You know, if everybody looks back at their trail cameras a year ago with your bucks, look at what dates you were seeing those bucks on. You yep. know, to, to Ethan's point, he was back in the sand this weekend for a reason. I'm going to be in the sand to, you know, tomorrow night for a reason, and uh, we all can do that, right? Anybody can go back and look and, and try to do that. So that's uh, we were talking. It's it's kind of a funny thing is technology now because Facebook memories reminds me of a lot of stuff that I did a year ago. Because you know it's been popping up here lately that we were in the tree stand and seeing some deer, and I'm like, oh crap, that was this day last year. <laughs> so it's doing it for me. You know what? That's a good point. I should start posting all my good buck pictures on Facebook so it reminds me, you know, a year, <laughs> year in advance. Yeah. yeah. Keep it hidden from everybody else, but you just do it. Yeah, just a <laughs> private post. It'll remind you later. <laughs> yeah, don't share it. I'll share it with you, Ethan, in Missouri, and Brian in uh, Ohio, because I know you guys won't drive up here to hunt my place. So <laughs> don't, don't tempt me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get any more down this uh this rabbit hole full of great information, actually, so I don't really mind. But uh, let's get back into that hunt. So it was uh, yeah. Saturday morning. Okay, so I was up there, got up, escaped the coyotes, got up in the tree, and it was dead till about, I think it was about 8.15. And all of a sudden, I just hear antlers hit. And I'm like, what in the world? And so I look over, and... 40 yards from me, there's two bucks, and they're starting to spar a little bit. And I, I've never seen bucks spar on my farm before, so I'm like, this is cool. So I'm trying to figure out, and they're about 40 yards through the – they're on my side too, so I was happy. And so I'm looking at them, and I could tell they were kind of halfway decent bucks. And lo and behold, I think they're the two bucks that came in whenever I finally got a shot, um, one of them being the one I shot. And so I'm watching them, and then I see a doe around them, and they both stick their heads up and look at her. And then I see another buck chasing her around, and this is all 30, 40 yards away. And so, you know, I'm spun around. I'm trying to get ready and figure out if any of them's a shooter or not. And so there's three bucks. I can tell one's a little spike, and then the other two have full racks. 
they're kind of nosing her dough around already on the 13th. Wow. And Cold she, will do uh, that. I've, I've been hearing that a lot from people this past weekend that said deer were right on the tails of does this weekend. Bumping or chasing or just bumping? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, all, all of the above. I had really? somebody say that there were three bucks just hammered down behind a doe this weekend. Where like, was that at? Hardcore. Right down here. Okay. Right down here by me. Good. Good yep. to hear. For all you Missouri um, boys out there, that's awesome. Yeah. The uh, But anyway, those, they kind of meandered off and kind of went back up the saddle. If you draw a line from one end, one ridge point to the other, and I'm on one, and they kind of went towards the other. So I kind of sit back down, and I hang my bow back up, and it's maybe a minute and a half, and I look over, and all I see are tines. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> and... And he turns his head, and I'm like, ooh, that's a big old buck. So, for around here, definitely a big buck. I mean, it's a big buck anywhere. Oh, you sent me and that video, like, right? Oh, do what now? You sent me that video, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was big. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good deer. <laughs> and a real good deer. That would have been probably the biggest one. That's one of the bigger ones I've ever seen on this farm. Wow. Um. But I look over and I cannot get that deer. He just is he's going right back to bed. He's he's wanting to go right past me. Okay. But he's just kind of skirting around the edge. He's walking the the where the hill kind of starts to break over. That's where he's walking. So I think he's trying to catch catch some thermals or coming up out of that valley or what. Um but he just I couldn't get him to come closer than forty through the brush. And I had one hole that I think I could have shot him, but it had been about 45, and I have not been practicing that far. So I like chip chip shots at 20 yards. So yep. 20, 30, I'm really starting to debate whether I even want to shoot a 30. Hey, man, yeah, if it's in your wheelhouse, you know, just you're confident there. Keep it where yeah. you're confident. Why not, right? Yeah, especially, you know, like through the brush and stuff because I've, I've left so many arrows sticking in the tree limbs twenty <laughs> foot up in the air before. I mean it's it's comical how many I've done that to. <laughs> but anyway, so he, he kinda meanders down through there and right before he leaves I pull out my cell phone and I whip out a video because I didn't have the big camera with me that day. I I just decided to leave it at home for some unknown reason. Uh so that's all the footage I got, the stuff I sent you of him. But then I, you know, it kind of dies down after that. And about 10 o'clock, I climbed down, and that was all that she wrote for that day. Um, but right where I saw all those deer messing around and fighting and where he come from and stuff, I had a ladder, uh, you know, one of those cheap Menards Walmart sticks that you put together and lean up against the tree, and it's like a 24-foot ladder section or something mm-hmm. for like 30, 40 bucks. Right. I had one of those there, and then a really old, my first stand I ever hung on that saddle was hanging up there. So I just decided I'm going to go over there, and that's where I'm going to hang hang the next morning. So I just went over there, and I mean, they were at the base of it. I saw them whenever they were fighting. The, the pad from the tree stand had fell to the ground, and they hit it and kicked it up, up in the air once. So, I mean, they were right under that tree. Holy cow. So, next morning I get up, same time, I go up there and get up there plenty early. I actually run a couple deer off of that 
somewhere up they were right up underneath that tree somewhere um i run them out when i'm walking in at about 4 30 and i get up in there i get settled in i have my big camera with me this time and i have every angle you can think of covered <laughs> i'm getting into filming a lot here lately so awesome man um but so i've got it up there and the woods light up i get there's I had a spike chase two does past me. I had what ended up being the buck that I ended up shooting. I saw him walking underneath one of my other stands that's a little further up. I'm like, man, am I going to have to move up that far too? But long story short, I think I saw 14 deer before the three deer that came in when I shot came in from behind me. So they were number you know, 12, 13, 14. And I hear, I'm watching three does in front of me, and then behind me I hear a doe coming, and then I hear some grunting. So I grab my, so I grab my camera, I turn on, I turn it behind me, like to my six, zoom it all the way out, and hit record. Just whatever it captures, it captures. So then I spin around in my saddle, and I just draw my bow back, because I could see a doe coming, and I was like, Man, was that her grunting? So I was fixing to shoot her until I see the buck coming and I hear him grunting. So then I get another another buck that comes and he's right on her tail, a little six pointer. He's you know, just a little basket rack, your typical little basket rack six pointer. And then I see this this big six coming that I end up shooting. And they get to ten yards below me. And I, I try to stop him before he runs past me and out of the camera. And he stops. The doe takes off the other way, and he turns and comes center frame. And I shoot him on just a real light light trot at 10 yards. Nice. Directly behind me. And he, he ran off, you know, like a bat out of hell. And then he turned and went down towards the real steep valley that I got right there and Every deer up there I've shot likes to die right in that steep, thick valley. So hmm. I know <laughs> I know what it's like dragging them out of there. So I made sure and called my buddies before I went in there after him. <laughs> nice man, congratulations! And yeah. what what was this buck like? Uh, he was pretty cool. He was a he was a three and a half year old. He was a six pointer, but he had a big knuckle kind of on the end of his on the end of his uh, rack that kind of bent over. It looks like maybe he hurt it during. Um, velvet season or something like that but i actually had trail cam pictures of this one and i actually have video i'm pretty sure he's the big six pointer i was trying to shoot about a week ago down in one of my food plots oh wow i think i've already got him on film once and i almost got it done then but then he left and i think it was with these other two bucks so i think he's hanging out with this this crowd all the time still they're still hanging out together obviously but yeah i think it just meant to be that morning they came right back to the same tree yeah that left beam was pretty cool looking i saw the picture of that buck it's that's really unique character yeah and what's weird is we get that a lot on our farm we've killed probably between me my mom and my dad, we've killed probably four or five deer that have something like that going on. Like big, I don't know what you call them. Like it looked like a, a big knuckle or something on their antlers. Yeah. 
Yeah, we killed yeah. one that every point had that. Yeah, it's interesting that certain areas will get that in their genetics, and it seems yeah. to get passed along to passed. other family members. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So if you had uh, a quick one or two tips you could give anybody for this week coming up, either in your area or just in general, what would you recommend guys pay attention to in the next couple of weeks? Well, right now the acorns are dropping hard around here. Uh, white oaks are dropping really good, and they were dropping all over that hilltop. So I noticed several of the does, that's what they were in there doing is eating acorns. And then just plan on being mobile. I mean, if you see something happening, don't be afraid to climb down and move over. I mean, that's you got to be where the deer are. You can't always bring the deer to you. I tried calling it that big buck every way I could, and he looked at me, curled his lip, wanted to come over, and he just wouldn't. Huh. So, just, also, I think it's be important to mention, I, I know we hit this a lot, guys, but, like, the cold front, right? Like, you were you were waiting for yeah, that yeah, perfect cold wait, front. Wait on the right spot. Don't just dive in just because it's hunting season. Right. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, hey, hunting season's here. I'm going to go to my best spot. I'm like, right. dude, it's September. Why are you hunting that far in the woods in September? <laughs> yep. So, when nothing, no acorns are dropping, all all the deer are out in the beans, and you know, I just I don't even think about really hunting a whole lot out here until, you know, you got that itch. You got to get out there once or twice and just see what's going on. But you know, sure. I don't get hardcore until the first cold front hits, and then I I dive off and get where I need to be. I think a lot. To... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was just, you know. Up on that, that ridge that I was working to is, you know, those deer were chasing, but those bucks really had to work that ridge, I think, a lot, too, because of those hinge cuts that I had dropped in there. Because I had that, whoa, sorry, I thought I about got struck by lightning, and y'all would have seen the end of that. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting in my car out in my driveway, and it just lit up, and I couldn't see anything. Um so, yeah, you'd see them get up there, and, I, you know, I'd run at some of those little bucks, and, you know, they'd look, and they couldn't see anything. So they had to work their way through and find the paths and work their way through that hinge cut. So it slowed them down and gave me, you know, chances I don't think I would have had if they'd have, A, been able to look all the way across that that saddle or through those open woods like they had in previous years. Previous years, I just got lucky. This time, I actually had... Like, my holes were where I planned them, around those stands. Yeah. That's a great so. point. Get them to, get them to uh, spend a little more time trying to see where that noise is coming from and uh, just anything you can do to slow them down, like you said. That's a great tip. Yeah. And, like, you know, those deer came up behind me through a big opening. I, You know, I had a 20-yard swath of wide-open timber between two kind of hinge-cut areas, so they ran through it. And then at my tree, they had to decide if they were going to go left or right, and they were going to go left. And so, and you'll see whenever I get the video, whenever we get the video all edited and posted and stuff like that, I'll, I'll have it up there to where you can kind of see what I'm talking about instead of just me rambling on. Yeah, looking forward to that. Now your uh, rifle season in Missouri comes in pretty early in November, doesn't it? 
Uh, this year I think we're about the 16th or so. Yeah. So, and then it'll go for 10 days. So you're almost forced to try to, if you're just a bow hunter, you're sort of forced to try to get your buck or fill your tag before the uh, rifles come into the late rut there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, our, usually our youth rifle season comes in two weeks before that. So this year I think it's like the second and third or something like that oh, in wow. November. And I'll be up in North Missouri hunting. Well, I guess I'm not really hunting much now. I'm filming for a bunch of bunch of our guys. We all go up to North Missouri every year for a week to two weeks and hunt and film each other and just have deer camp. So hunt public. Yeah. When are you guys doing that, Ethan? Uh, we're basically ten guys are going to be scattered between October 26th to November 11th. Nice. So we're going to have guys up there that whole time, and then we're going to have guys filtering through. I'll be up there from the 1st to the 7th, and now I'm pretty much just strictly just filming. So I'll just bounce around from guy to guy, and whoever's on the hot sign, we'll, I'll go in there and hang above him and see what happens. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I, I want to uh, be respectful of your time, man. Thanks for hopping on here and giving us some, some tips on this game plan episode. But tell us about, uh, you know, your, your website and your video stuff you got going. And if anybody wants to reach out, how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, uh, it's Akern Outdoors, A-K-E-R-N. It's kind of a – there's a couple okay. different ways you can go to it, but just message me if you want to know the real meaning behind it. <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> Everybody assumes it's it's just because that's how we say, you know, oak drop acorns around here. But there's a little more to it. Back in high school, I had a little run in with a teacher about it. But is it is the, it uh, podcast friendly? Yeah, it's podcast friendly. Because I kind of want what to hear it, it is, now. Is I was <laughs> back in high school. I got in an argument with my English teacher over how to say acorn. Acorn, I don't know. Y'all Yankees say it different. (laughs) But so I got, I was getting into it with her. I'm like, no, it's Acorn. I'm like, I've lived here my whole life. I know exactly what it is. And so she got to arguing with me and stuff, and I said, fine. So I went over, grabbed the dictionary off the shelf, threw it down, and one of the pronunciations, the first one they had in the book was A-K-E-R-N. I said, see, Acorn. (laughs) <laughs> and ever since then, and that was like freshman in high school, ever since then, a bunch of my buddies have always called me Acorn. Nice. That's hilarious. So, so me and another buddy got it going together, and that's just kind of what we came up with on the point, and it's kind of rolled with it. So Nice. But anyway, we're on YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram. The Instagram's kind of like my personal Instagram, but it's just Acorn Outdoors. And then Facebook is kind of everybody. Um, there's ten of us. We're all almost nine of us are based here in southeast Missouri, and one's based in central Tennessee. So, and how does he pronounce uh, it? Acorn. Perfect. Just because we made sure he he, uh, <laughs> he joined the clan the way he. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. a rite of passage. You have to say it the right way. I love it, man. Yeah, the rite of passage, one way or the other. Well, shoot, yeah, Ethan, I appreciate got, you coming out. We got out, a dude. lot of hunts from last year on there. We got, we killed, I think Alton's buck 
last year on public was about a 152. We got him on there. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, yeah, that was a he was a bruiser. He was a 300 pound, 150 pound or 150 inch monster. We pulled out of bottoms that night because no motorized vehicles on public, and he was like he was three like, and a half miles in. Holy the cow! Thickest, nastiest stuff you could find. So we didn't get back to camp from dragging him till like 5 a.m. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a rough night that night, but it was well worth it. Heck yeah, man. Oh, I'll have to check that video out. I know you sent me the footage from your, your shot this weekend, and you, you drilled him. And, you know, we like to do that video editing and videoing our hunts up here, too. And so very excited to check you guys out and see what you come up with this season, man. Yeah, looking forward to it. And I'm, like I said, I try to keep up with y'all stuff best I can. And, you yes, know, sir. I got a little two-year-old girl running around that keeps me busy as can be. So my YouTube goes, has been going slightly downhill since – since she came around, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> yes, yes sir. sir. We all understand that, brother. Well, Ethan, thanks again, man. Really appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. And we'll keep in touch, Thank man. You, bud, you too. I want to see you texting me some some beer on the ground now. Oh, I, I can't wait. Brian and I both are uh, are jonesing. I'm getting some trail cam pictures from Iowa getting texted me this week. I'm about to lose it, so. I'm fired up, man. We'll be out there, and uh, and the Michigan's just about getting good. So, yeah, plan on putting something. How's y'all's leaves? Oh, they're still uh, up. It's a yeah. random. They're, they're still, still up. up. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to Massachusetts next week, so I'm trying to see what the north is like. Yeah. Yeah, ours are changing in southwest Pennsylvania here. Yep. Are they? Yep. Yep. Are they all still up though, Brian? Like they're still restricting your view a lot from the stand? Uh, yeah, they're still up. Uh, some of them are falling, but the majority of them are up, but they're changing colors. Yeah, so same here as what Brian said. Yeah. Ours are just now starting to think about changing. Okay. So. Tell you what, it's a whole different ballgame once those drop, and uh, I'm really excited to see how the – I mean, you're you're a saddle hunter, like you said, and I'm really excited to see how uh, hunting out of the saddle, getting behind the tree, and I, I did it a few times this year, and I tell you what, I, I was fooling some – some Michigan little bucks so far, so I'm excited to see how it goes the rest of the season. Best word of advice I can give you is yeah. every deer I've had come in is on my weak side, so practice that weak side shot. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you do you spin around the on the platform, or do you go all around the tree, or what do you do? I killed that buck at like my 4.35 o'clock, spinning all the way around Backwards. Uh, to my, um, I guess, counterclockwise. Yep. So I was hanging out on the end of the rope. But if he came around any further, I couldn't have gone back around. I have stood up on the platform and kind of put my tether, put my tether and my bridge over my shoulder and got, you know, tucked in tight and kind of sat there like a real tree stand. Yep. Yeah. But it's a funky shot no matter how you do it. Okay. Sure. It's, it's kind of hard to draw that way no matter which way you look at it. Gotcha. But practice it because it'll that's where he's gonna come from (laughs) (laughs) awesome man wherever it's awkward well thank you for the advice i appreciate it very much thanks so much man and uh, we'll keep in touch all right see you guys all right take care thank you ethan for getting on the phone tonight man we really appreciate your time and thanks for the great story and the great information Uh, i think a lot of guys are going to be happy to hear some more information from the midwest Missouri area and what's going on down that way. So I appreciate you coming on, and I want to thank the listeners for tuning back in again. 
Uh, if you're new to the podcast, you can find all of our episodes at habitatpodcast.com. We have a brand new website up there with all of our episodes, some sweet new gear. You know, anything we've been doing is up there. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're coming out with a lot more videos recently and some good interactive posts on Facebook. Uh, anywhere you can find a podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, any of those places, we should be on there. Just look up Habitat Podcast, and uh, if you like what we're doing, please leave us a review. I'm sending out free decals to anybody who leaves us a nice iTunes review. That helps our podcast climb the charts, and other people like us can find the podcast and you know become listeners. So thanks again. Thanks for tagging along as we become better Habitat Managers. I have another game plan episode coming up again with two more really good Habitat episodes next. So good luck this season, guys. Enjoy your woods, and we'll talk to you again Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss life on the water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. Wild game in wild places. Tuning to Hunt Stand presents Saturdays at 8:30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.